welcome to another All Saints podcast. My name is Connie Willems, and with me today... I'm Brock Bingaman. And we have a special guest. Brock, why don't you introduce him to us? This is Brad Kilman. Brad, why don't you tell us what you do at Our Lord's Community yeah. Church? Yeah, well, I am, uh, I'm on staff now as the worship pastor, uh, but I also oversee our financial um, stuff and technical stuff too. So I kind of, I think in order to justify my position, I needed to take, take over a few other things. So utilize some of my business background. So yeah, finances, technical. Mm. Worship. Leading worship and leading the church. Sure. They're an interesting blend of right and left brain That's stuff. a great combination. It I've is. seen that blend in quite a few musicians, though. That's yeah. not that unusual. I haven't. Really? So Brad <laughs> is an anomaly. I think it's great. Well, we so, are delighted to have, yes. anomaly or not, we're delighted to have you with us because we wanted to kind of talk about some of the things that have been stirring in you about worship. And people may not know this, obviously, just looking at you, but every time I talk with you, I know that if I kind of just poke a little bit, <laughs> there's something really interesting brewing under the surface. <laughs> and so we wanted to bring some of that out. So yeah. thanks for coming. Absolutely. Yeah, you so definitely good. live and embody this stuff. But for those of you that don't know Brad, he is also incredibly witty <laughs> and funny sometimes. <laughs> so. Brad, why don't you get started by mm -hmm. telling us a little bit about your history with Our Lord's Community Church, because I find mm -hmm. it fascinating that you're here at this point in time, yeah. given your past. Yeah, it's, it's, it feels very strange uh, to be back here, but uh, amazing, but, but it is strange. I, I, I started going uh, to Our Lord's whenever I was probably five or six years old, because it was just down the street from my house. I think that's why we ended up going there, and then they built this building when I was young, and Moved over here and spent all of my youth group days, junior high, high school, huge youth group like experiences. Like it was just a huge part of my life. Yeah. So I have many, many memories of all different seasons at this church. You know. And this goes way back into the past with this unusual kind of weaving together that God's done in the present. So mm -hmm. I'm going to mention some of that weaving, and mm -hmm. hopefully it'll make sense to people. Brock, you're married to Amanda. You know that. Um, but Amanda, your wife, was also here at Our Lord's back when she was a teenager. And Brad, you and Amanda yeah. were really good friends. Yeah. Yes, we were. Yeah, I was, I was kind of one of those strange guys who, I mean, it seems like all throughout my life, some of my closest friends have always have been girls. And Amanda was a really close friend of mine mm -hmm. through junior high, high school, and another friend of ours, uh, Allison. Uh, Fuller, we just hung out all the time, the three of us. Yeah. So that's what Amanda would say Brad was one of her best friends. Mm. Yeah. So that's pretty, pretty profound. So I get to sit with my wife's best friend. This is <laughs> surreal. Yeah. Well, I want to mention this though, but first, because Amanda has told me that in high school, when she and Allison uh -huh. were looking for you and couldn't find you, mm -hmm. they would come here to the church because oh, you yeah. would be here playing the piano and worshiping. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, especially after, uh, I, I've always been a huge uh, music freak, like just spending, you know, loads of time listening and singing loudly. But, but whenever I really met God uh, and he changed my life in a moment, was on a youth ski trip. At that point, I just became a freak about wanting to sing to God all the time. And I started wanting to learn the piano. And so the piano here in the sanctuary was 
I would always try to find time when I could sneak in and and just play in the dark sanctuary by myself. And so I just I came up here all the time to do that. And that's why it's that's one of the reasons it's so, it's so strange and so significant to be leading worship here now because I would have never thought I would be the worship pastor at this that church. 30 years later, yeah. here you would be leading yeah. worship. Yeah, leading people in worship in that room, in that sanctuary, which is just is such a special place, you know, yeah, historically. Like you invested worship mm-hmm. way back, mm-hmm. and it's kind of still there ringing in the walls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to come I love full that. Circle. Yeah. Of course, Brad had to be in his father's house. You know, they were out <laughs> looking for him and think how many teenagers, you know, what other things they would be doing. Mm-hmm. And Amanda just said, yeah, we just knew most of the time Brad would be here. And it was like coming in and hearing Keith Green <laughs> banging it out on the piano and singing. Probably so. usually a Keith, either a Keith Green or a Dennis Jernigan song that I was singing. Yeah. I didn't know very many piano songs. but yeah. What was it about worship? Why? What was, what was it? Good question. Yeah. Um, when I when I think about that, I, I remember uh, the first time I heard one of my friend's dads play the guitar, and there was just a strange, mysterious call to me. Like, I just knew that was, it was magical. I had to at least try that. I didn't know if I could, but it was so magical. I had to, it just so impacted me, just the sound of somebody playing the guitar, the fact that you could do that. So in a similar way, once I, when I met Jesus, when I heard his voice in, in my mind and heart very clearly tell me he was with me, he would never leave me. And in a sudden moment, my heart was changed toward God and I was softened. I just desired to be with him, singing to him. And so singing to God alone with people, it doesn't matter. I mean, that's what I know that is a primary calling in my life. You know, whether, again, whether it's in front of people or not, I know that he delights in me singing to him. I think he delights in all of us singing, but I think some of us may even feel a strange, unique delight or call to do that. And that's certainly true for me. I would say that has to be true just because I'm looking at your history Mm -hmm. and it started as a teenager. You have teenagers of your own now Mm -hmm. and it's still with you. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's funny. I, I tell this story sometimes because I, I was in, I've been in business, you know, since, since college, I went to a, like a business leader training thing for a weekend kind of intensive. And it was real focused on business and mission of your business and vision and all that stuff. But it was real focused on the individual business leaders. And you had to kind of craft like a life mission statement or a, some sort of a value statement or something. And, um, one of the things that we did in there was um, these uh, statements called This I Believe, which I think they got from an, an NPR uh, radio uh, series that was going on. And uh, you had to kind of distill your uh, life call down to one statement. And what I came out with, even though I'm at this business thing, it didn't really relate to what I was doing and work, it, but I couldn't help it, was This I Believe. Um, and it was just I believe in singing to God. That's it. I mean, it was just like, and it kind of became a life it's just a high level life mission statement for me that I know oh. that if I'm doing that, I'm, you know, doing what I'm supposed to do. How long ago was that? That was probably about, I would say 10 or 12 years ago. Hmm. And you've been in that business world for how many years? Yeah. Uh, at that company for about 16 years, 16 years. Yeah. And so you've gone through some recent transition. You led yeah. worship here yeah. and you led worship at Bridgeway. Mm-hmm. So you've had yeah. a foot in that, but you've been a businessman. Yeah. Yep. I've been in, you know, I, in fact, it's, it's, I'm still experiencing the wake of, um, almost 
still disbelief that I can't, that I'm doing this now, you know, that, that I actually, <laughs> my, my path took a turn because I was not expecting that. I mean, I thought I would go on and maybe buy the business and just stay there. I'd, I'd kind of resolved a long time ago. I think I'm never going to do music mm. for, you know, for my way of life, for my way of yeah. living, you know, and I, and I was kind of the poster child for, you don't have to go, you know, be in the ministry full time to be fully engaged in your gifts. And I, I still absolutely believe that, but I think just finally it's kind of, you know, whether it's midlife crisis or not, it, it came to that point where I realized um, the most important thing I can do with the rest, you know, the next 10 to 15 year stretch of my life is more intentionally pursue singing to God. And, and, and along with that comes things like I want to, I want to listen to the songs that God's stirring in my heart mm-hmm. more intentionally. I've got five kids. Uh, all of this busyness in my life, and I realize it's kind of been choking my ability to listen mm. and to uh, pay attention to the creativity, you know. And so, I can't control it necessarily, but I desire to listen more and to have more space to, to you know, focus on it. So, so this is a season of a lot of shifts going mm-hmm. on in you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. To the point where I would still say I don't feel settled. It still feels very strange, but it feels good. Mm. Yeah. I've just got to say this because a year ago I sent you a text. I was looking through some files mm-hmm. and I came across 1997, a life mission statement yeah. that Brad had written. Mm-hmm. We were in a men's group together and it, his whole mission statement was about being a worship leader yeah. and about singing worship songs to God. It was, yeah. So I took a picture of it and sent it yeah. to Brad wow. and then... Because it just brought back all kinds of memories. Yeah. And so here we are working in the same community, and it is really surreal. It's a bit surreal, but it's actually a bit encouraging to me because mm-hmm. I'm cycling back to 1997 and mm-hmm. thinking how, what, 21 years ago, God held kind of that a picture of destiny for 21 mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. And then he's bringing something forth that you didn't see coming. And I often think God's going to move in 21 days (laughs) (laughs) and not 21 years, but he had a different time in mind. Unfortunately, that's God's timetable. (laughs) 21 days or months, but here we are. So let's let's talk about some of those changes and shifts that are going on uh, inside Mm -hmm. of you. You mentioned a few of them. Like I was telling you the other day, I when I think about, like, if, if I were to describe what is a shift or, or what is God kind of highlighting it to me in worship, it's been a long season of this, but it's still true. And I feel like one of the things that started to happen, because I've led worship this whole, that whole season, all throughout the business years, I've been, you know, engaged, but um, in worship leading, um, I kind of started about that the last five years or so, I, I if I look back, I kind of notice a shift where I begin to take on a certain heaviness um, in worship leading, where I realized it's it, I, I liken it to taking on Saul's armor, you know, like mm-hmm. wearing clothes that you're not that are not meant for you, mm-hmm. trying to edit the way that you are before the Lord in worship, for the sake, you know, and for good reasons. I want other people to understand, you know. I like I love to sing spontaneously. That's where my songs come from. That's where if I write a song, it just usually starts with nothing in my mind. I just start singing and then just let the praise rise out. And that song shows up. For yeah, that. and that's how songs. And then I just and then I just remember or something comes out and it's you know meaningful. And so I keep singing it over and over until it just feels done. Um, I used to do that a lot in worship, and and I sing out over the people and sing spontaneously, but mm-hmm. it's not something people can follow. And so, you know. 
nobody ever intended to squelch that in me, but through some encouragements or through some, you know, you're always trying to look, how can you get better? I just started to take too heavy. Hey, I need to probably cut that out a little bit. And that's maybe people don't understand that or new people don't understand that. And, uh, and I just took on this weird heaviness about, I've got to be, I've got to do it perfectly. I've got to think about everything I say. I've got to know exactly what I say before, you know, script it more, which is just, putrid death to me i cannot <laughs> uh, i can't script things like that yeah. it, it just comes mm. out wonky and, and almost, not me it mm. almost sounds like you a lot of stuff got pulled inside mm-hmm. and trapped in there mm-hmm. in this heavy season yeah I, I think that's true and uh and so the shift now is is remembering where i learned to praise where I, how i learned to worship which was by myself with the lord I, I, that's not totally true i mean i there were where I really experienced worship, uh, open, free worship, engaged, heart-engaged people was like an early Dennis Jernigan night of praise. Mm-hmm. And it was just blew my mind to see so many people engaged authentically and truthfully yeah. uh, with their bodies. With you know, It was just amazing. It was beautiful. So, I mean, I, I started to understand the intimacy that happens in worship. So I would do that by myself all the time. And, and that was just so free. And I love that. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I just took on some heaviness trying to become too shepherd-like and too serious and too whatever. And I, all those things are important. But what I'm recovering now is I've just got to become like a child again. And I've got to take risks. And I'm in front of people, but I just need to risk. What does the childlike look like? Well, it looks different if I'm uh, leading than if I'm worshiping, just for the pure sense that I'm I've got a guitar strapped to me and I've, and I am leading a band, but, but the, the childlikeness for me is, is remembering that as a band, even though we want to do a very good technical job, we want to, we want to do this, play the song as well as we can. And that takes a certain amount of planning conversation. Uh, but I, I have to remember that the whole purpose of this is to just get our hearts before the Lord in an honest, open, worshiping, praising way. And that will lead to something new. And, and that's what I believe. And so that, that childlikeness that it's just, I've got to be willing then to invest, investigate uh, musical moments that might happen. Hmm. And that takes risk. Yeah, so, that's what I wanted to ask. You mentioned I, risk. Well, yes. before we talk about risk, it's yeah. reminding me, Brock, I feel like I've encountered, and you might know who these are, some of the ancient saints who have, as they have kind of emptied themselves more and more toward God, a sense of childlikeness. Hmm and humility kind of emerges. There's a freedom in that. Yeah, for sure. And really inspired by David, who is dancing before the Lord without inhibition and not worried, and people are commenting, his wife's commenting, and what's he say? He says, I'm going to become, what is it? More undignified. More undignified. And so he was being childlike before the Lord. Yeah, I, I really, uh, it, even as you say that, I realize it's that audience of one thing. And mm. we're with lots of people, but we can't forget that we are doing this for the Lord. And yeah. so he may ask us to do something strange, like run around the auditorium or kneel or sing out a new song and somebody may hear you and you may be off pitch. And so you have to kind of empty yourself out of all of this angst over what will these people think about what I'm about to do. Mm-hmm. That's what I become so bound up in, and I have to release all of that. And in releasing that, I'm more willing to just open my mouth and sing a new song, even if it comes out weird. And even if I say the wrong thing sometimes, because that's what happens. Whenever... And that's where the risk is. Yeah. That's where the risk is. Yeah. 
because literally whenever I, one of the creative parts of the creative process for me, and I say creative process and it's really just worshiping God. If I sing a new song, it's, I literally am not, I'm not formulating in my mind what I'm about to say and then I sing it out. I just open my mouth and start singing and I don't know what it's about to be. <laughs> like Elf, right? <laughs> I'm singing, I'm singing. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And so that that's risky, but at the same mm. time, I feel very at home doing that. And yeah. I think one of the ways that God uses me to lead His people is to just do that very thing in front of people. And and I've mm. seen fruit in it because I see I see it unlock a sense in in other people and help them to go to God and not to be as caught up in why we're you know we're doing this to sound great or to accomplish you know no it's like I think it helps people focus you know their attention on the Lord as well because they see that I'm not doing it for them. Yeah, it's a vulnerability and Mm -hmm. transparency Mm -hmm. with God in front of other people. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. that's a risk. You've got to be willing Mm -hmm. to make mistakes and look stupid and, well, make mistakes and look stupid. Yeah, that's That's exactly right. And, um, Cause it's, it's, it's easy. And I, and I see, and I see, you know, I'd like to say, oh, I've, I've learned this principle. And so I'm just really good at, um, you know, going against my flesh and, you know, really taking these risks. But I will say it just feels natural. Like I feel like I'm created to take that kind of a risk mm. in front of people. So yeah. it feels easy for me. I, with other, there's been some other worship leader friends of mine that I still, still dear friends of mine, awesome worship leaders who, who don't do it the same way. And I don't even think they should, that might be Saul's armor for them. They, they need to be a little bit more organized, you know, the, the, even methodical in how they choose songs and stuff. I'm, I sit down and I just need to see about a hundred songs and just, I feel like I'm picking them with my spirit, yeah. not my mind. Yeah. What happens mm-hmm. with you and God when you take that kind of risk? I, I feel it's it's how you you sense His pleasure in you. You know, you just you feel connected to your purpose. And uh, one of the things I often think about right now, it's it's something I pray often, even in front of the church. I think I just have lots of memories of, of praying the the prayer of taking our rightful place as created beings and worshiping God. Like we were created to do this. It's one of the most important reasons we're alive is to reflect his glory, to give him praise. You know, he loves it. I doesn't, we may not, it may not make sense. I don't really understand all of it, but I know it's true. And so there's that pleasure that comes whenever you do it in the way that I think he's designed you to. You can uniquely feel the pleasure of God when you, when you do that. Cause you're created to be a worshiper mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. changes everything. Mm-hmm. Related to that, you also mentioned the other day this idea of mystery. Mm-hmm. And so along with mm-hmm. childlikeness and risk, yeah. talk about mystery a little bit. What are you learning and unlearning? Yeah. Um, I think part of the way that I've been discipled in worship through my experiences that God has allowed, uh, you know, has given to me in, in within community. So I remember early on at Bridgeway, you know, there were quite a few moments of time, you know, seasons where it felt like the Lord would draw you uniquely close to us and we would experience corporate community praise worship together and just there's no words to describe it it was it was eruptive it was powerful it was i'd never danced or jumped before but suddenly couldn't stop from dancing or jumping you know, to the point where you should you should fall over dead. Like you can't even exercise this long. <laughs> right. But for some reason you can. Whatever. You know, there was just that thing happening. So thankfully you were in your twenties. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now it would be a little bit different. But um, 
so I just I just feel like he 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 gifted these moments of time where you tasted something that you'll never forget. Mm-hmm. And so I long and that that was mysterious because it feels like it's not something we can control. We can't every time we come together start having those experiences. Mm-hmm. But my my heart's desire is that I would continue to have more and more and more of those here in the earth, mm-hmm. not just in heaven, but I want I want it now. I still do. I you know, I'm, it's kind of like you're wrecked for not having it and uh but again not not in a spoiled childish way but in a i just you long to be near him you know you long for him to draw near and so the mystery is it's not just about being faithful in praise which i think is extremely important and i'm all about that teaching about what worship leaders should do you know we one of the reasons we worship as a church is because we must we're commanded to it's part of our Call. So whether we feel it or not, we do it. We do it. And I absolutely think that's true. And oftentimes that's the springboard into a greater experience, a greater sense. But uh, the mystery is he might do something amazing today in our presence. And we don't know until we show up. And we don't know. But I'm expecting, I'm hoping. That's how I want the worship to to look and feel. And so so I don't like it whenever some people try to explain to people particularly all the experiences that there are in worship because it's impossible to, mm-hmm. you know, or to be overly technical about it. It's the, the mysterious part is we, we just trying to get out into this space of praise and of worship. And the hope is that God will do something, you know, even miraculous. And, and he does sometimes, he doesn't all the time, but sometimes he does. And so that's the mystery is just that the unexplainable, uncontrollable uh, desire to be in his presence and be satisfied. We want to control God, don't we? Yeah. Teachers and preachers yeah. and mm-hmm. counselors and mm-hmm. all of us. We want to control God, but you're saying God is uncontrollable. That's right. So you sit with that in worship. Yeah. You realize this is the magnificent God beyond all our comprehension who might show up today. Right. And, right. and we, can, we can show up and make ourselves available Mm-hmm. But I would think there's also this temptation like, oh, if I do the right thing, if I play the right combination of songs, right, right. then right. what you're saying the mystery is there is no then. It's no just formula. Right. Because it's a relationship. Right. He's not a formula. Mm-hmm. We're not the other end of a vending machine. Right. Yeah. No, and it's it, there's even that reminds me that there's even times when you you go into a morning where you're almost just you're completely faithless that anything mm-hmm. You know that mysterious, powerful you know, thing that happens sometimes in the corporate worship—that th- it would happen because you feel far away from Him. Whether it's remembering your sin or or whatever it might be, there's times when it's just it feels like this is not going to happen today. And then, boom! <laughs> you know, some, sometimes that's the most surprising and powerful. You know, he'll he'll birth a new song. You know, in the in you know with people, and and it will just. It's amazing, yeah. So that's also uncontrollable, and thankfully so. Sometimes it's even in spite of all of our best efforts to to not be ready to worship, to not be ready to praise. Your weakest, you've had the worst week, all of right. this stuff, and you think, oh man, this is going to be abysmal. Right. This is going to be a terrible time of worship. Right. And in the and middle the of that, I can up. almost sense God just standing there saying, huh, watch this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having this memory because I know Don Chaffer, mm-hmm. Waterdeep, and mm-hmm. his influence. Yeah. And I remember the story he shared of being in that dirty bathroom yeah. in front of a condom machine. Right, right. Yeah, the, the, the lyrics of that song. to him. Yeah. And said, and it he was put it in holy ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
take off your shoes. This is holy ground too. In a dirty yeah bathroom. Man, that that's what I'm thinking of. God is full of surprises, and God yeah. can create sacred space anywhere. Mm-hmm. So we've just got a few minutes here. I would like to end with just the the idea, Brad, that you've got a room full of young or emerging worship leaders, mm-hmm. and you could tell them just a couple things. Mm-hmm. What would you want to convey to them? Yeah. Um, first thing that comes to my mind, and it's because it's kind of my formula, is that um, uh, it's so important to worship and praise often by yourself with God, not just with people, not just mm-hmm. in preparation to lead people technically. But that and it's kind of that idea, and I used to I used to tell this to young worship leaders too, and just the phrase, you you can't lead people where you don't already go. Yeah, you know, and and that's pretty common. I mean, that's true in so many different things. But I think the practice and the training ground for me is is getting my heart before mm-hmm. the Lord regularly and worshiping Him and praising Him, and and uh, and that's the training ground. And so, more than anything, do that, you know. And so that's my first encouragement is just to make sure that they're encouraged to do that and again it's not just preparation for the leading but true truly stewarding praise and worship in your own heart and life often Mm -hmm. for no one else and it strips away it's a non-performative this is your heart and that's right god and and not even preparative i'm not trying to get ready for something i'm you know it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like preachers who find that they're studying the bible always only to give something i got to get something so i can give something you know And instead of, I just love it, I need it, it's my bread, it's my, mm. and so, and that's hard, and that's yeah. been difficult for me, when as I've had, children. yes. Yeah. That really is, though, that, that's coming to you, the first thing is to just make sure you, your heart's connecting with the heart of God, and there yeah. aren't people watching or depending yeah. on you, this is between you and Yeah, it's between you Lord. and Him, He's yeah. your audience, He's the reason you do this, and mm. um, be alive in it, and so, and, you, and I find... Uh, the best way to do that is just, it's just like anything, you spend time doing it with Him. We keep mm-hmm. using this phrase around here right now, and I love it, and it's, let's waste time in His presence. There's nothing we need to accomplish. There's no end goal other than just, we're created to do this. Let's just waste time in the presence of God mm-hmm. together. And there is something that I had to be converted into with that. Mm-hmm. That he actually is okay with wasting, quote, wasting time with me. Right. Yeah. He doesn't have anything to accomplish yeah. right. except enjoying me in the moment. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it becomes the best investment. Yeah. The yeah. wasting. Is there something else you would say? Um, I think related to what I said earlier, the Saul's armor comment, I would just say, um, I would always encourage them to find and exult in their strengths. What, 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 are, how has God made them to enjoy leading worship? So if that is through a very um, well-scripted, uh, you know, or, or uh, maybe beautifully woven together song list that has a theme, because there's so many different ways you can do it. I would just say be authentic. You know, that's, that's my favorite kind of art anyway. When you can sense somebody's truly doing what they are, what they believe they're called to do or what they're gifted to do instead of trying to be like what somebody else does. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can sense that in good art, and I think you can also sense that in in any kind of gift or ministry that somebody's leading. If they're doing it authentically and they're not striving to be like somebody else. so But finding that can sometimes be a challenge. Yeah. But that um, would also be tied to doing it by yourself, on your own, yeah. mm-hmm. before God. Yeah. Discovering. Because mm-hmm. yeah. you might be inspired, as you were, by a Keith Green, uh, 
right. Dennis Jernigan, right. Kevin Prosh, others. But right. in the end, that's a springboard into you discovering they how are. God's wired you. That's right, you know. Wow, yes. wonderful conversation. <laughs> Great conversation. Time flies. So glad. I, I'm going to ask if you'll just pray for yeah. um, other worshipers out there mm-hmm. for a heart of worship and just other young worship leaders who are going to be listening. Would you just yeah. say a quick prayer for us as we close? Sure, sure. Oh, Father, I do. Um, I thank you for all the ones that are listening, like whoever it is, Lord, they're listening right now. I just I pray for them. I pray that you would um, increase the wonder that is in their hearts about you. Increase their desire for you. Would you just give them hunger and thirst? Expose it. Allow them to um, come into contact with in a way that just pushes them to you and, and, and make them want to waste time in your presence, in prayer, just, just being um, just amazed. Lord, I pray that you would reveal yourself to them so that uh, they would just be amazed in your presence. And Lord, there's so much that we can't control. And, and I pray that there would even be a releasing of control even more that they would just give themselves to you and let you decide how it goes and how they will experience you. And uh, But I do, I pray for the grace that you would uh, give the gift of your presence in a special way. I, I know I pray that all the time, Lord, but give the gift of your presence in a special way that opens the eyes of their heart, that they may see you in a new way, in a powerful way that just stirs them and, uh, and gives them grace to even believe uh, even stronger, Lord. The gift of faith. Just thank you uh, for the way that you do that and, and just pray uh, just th- that continued blessing even here in our own midst, here at our Lord's God. Sensing the Lord's presence with us right now, <laughs> lo and behold. Thank you, Brad, for taking yeah. time to do this. And thank yeah. you for those of you listening. Um, we are starting classes in August. So what, two? Very soon. Two yeah, about two away. months. Wow. We're- our first course is biblical studies and we're right in the middle of delving into what we're going to be doing. And I'm looking forward to it. Yes. Wow. Which feeds worship, right? Yeah. The scriptures and pouring yeah. over the scriptures. So if you're interested in looking more at our biblical studies, our church history, our spiritual classics, spiritual formation classes, you can find that at allsaints.center. And we look forward to talking with you next time. Great to see you.